three. <laughs> this is so nerve-wracking. Three. All right, three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to the first ever Chasing Trails and Ponytails podcast. My name is Brandon Thompson, and this is... Jeff LeBlanc. And uh, you are listening to episode one of our podcast. And this is kind of a, a working title. We're not entirely sure what we're going to call this thing by the end of it. Uh, but we are two dads uh, with large families. Uh, both of us have five daughters in our families. And we both love trail running. And so we thought, hey, let's get together and talk about the two things that we really love. And uh, sometimes it's a love-hate relationship. Am I right, Jeff? More, most times it's a love-hate <laughs> That's right. And that's not just talking about the trails. That's talking about our families sometimes, too. <laughs> that's definitely our daughters, for sure. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we provide this unique perspective uh, coming from uh, large families. But also, we're both in our 40s. We're both trying to navigate what it looks like to be a trail runner and juggling all these daughters of ours. Um, and so we are excited to be able to share with you this podcast. And uh, we <laughs> we know that most podcasts never get past the first episode. And so, Jeff, are you with me? We're committed to making it to episode two, above I'm anything so else. That's right. I, I'm not committed to anything further than that. But we'll That's see. right. We can't commit to anything. We're not even sure this is going to be good or not hey, listen, if, if we get more than four listens on the first one i will do uh the second one and okay. see how we both have five kids we should yeah at least that's right we each have four. five kids so if we just get each of them to listen once we can get at least 10 listens so that should be okay even if we have to put like the headphones over over your daughter you know like it could be <laughs> They won't take anything in, but Vera should be okay to, to listen our to wives, us, Our wives will probably listen to check up on us to make sure we didn't say anything too controversial. And then we'll have to, you know, check ourselves in the next episode to correct those things. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully at some point in time, we'll get our better halves on the, on the podcast itself. And that <laughs> should be quite the, quite the episode. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure we're ready for, for that kind of honesty uh on this podcast uh, so we wanted to just start off this kind of pilot by sharing some of our story a little bit and just laying out the podcast and what you can expect to, to hear over the at least one more week and and then maybe uh carrying on throughout the rest of the the season um both of us uh are in our 40s uh, both of us have had like weight loss journeys, uh, and Jeff's going to share a little bit about his, his is much more dramatic than mine. Um, but also just wanted to tell you about ourselves so you can know a little bit. So Jeff, why don't you start? Why don't you just tell us, tell us a little bit more about Jeff LeBlanc. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I have five daughters. Uh, they range from ages, uh, 12 through five months. And so recently, um, we had a baby in December and uh, our next uh, eldest daughter is five. So there's a bit of a spread there and having a fifth baby who's five years behind your youngest is a bit of an adjustment. So that's where we're at right now, as far as the girls are considered. Um, if you would think that surprise one might be a boy, but it wasn't. <laughs> no. Do you get that question a lot? Cause I get it all the time. Like, Oh, you be trying for a boy. Were you? Every single time I mention that I have a, a fifth baby that's younger, that's that's the that's the spiel I get. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
And then depending on the crowd, it, it goes worse. But we won't we won't get into that. That's right. We're <laughs> gonna try and keep this as PG yeah, as we explicit. can. That's right. We yeah, that's right. Reading on our first podcast. I'll yeah, try to. We don't need the E beside our podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So I work at a bank, uh, and I'm an investment planner, um, and I've been doing that for pretty much my entire career. And I uh, live up in Hanwell in Fredericton, and uh, I mean that's that's the basics. Uh, mm-hmm. of who I am, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brandon and I have known each other forever. He is the best man at my wedding. And uh, and so he knows me probably better than most people do, which might be scary for him, but. <laughs> I know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just to introduce myself, I'm Brandon Thompson. I live in Hampton, New Brunswick. So both Jeff and I are East Coasters, if you're listening across the country, uh, I'd be shocked if you were, but maybe for some of you who are, but that'd be kind of cool. Uh, so we're both the kind of New Brunswick boys uh, and have spent a lot of time growing up. Uh, one of those places that we always got to know each other was was working at camp. And that's also where I met my wife, uh, Natalie, and we have five daughters uh, ranging from 15 this is the tricky question isn't it jeff like the age range like 15 to 7 are my age ranges and so stair steps like every two years none of ours were surprises unlike jeff's ours were (laughs) ours were intentional and uh we're already getting in trouble brandon let's change our language uh you're you're in your office where no one can hear you i'm at my house wherever all right okay i'm gonna get in trouble yeah well that's what you signed up for when you signed up for this podcast that's true i feel like you chose me for a reason that's right yeah yeah that's right so uh yeah so we both have five daughters uh i'm a pastor so that's that adds like a whole unique twist to my life, um, but it's a it's a calling and it's a great opportunity for me. And uh, so I started uh, trail running uh, when I was trying to kind of getting bored of just regular road running, and I was trying to find something uh, different. And I got into hiking, obviously, like you do in Atlantic Canada. It's a huge hiking scene. Um, but then I started realizing that there's a whole uh, trail running community. And so I got in contact with St. John Trail Running. Shout out to Mark McCoglin and the St. John Trail Running crew. And they were able to kind of tap me into this whole new world. And then Jeffrey was was on his own like physical quest. Uh, and he'll talk about his weight loss journey in a, in a minute. But I was always asking him, like, let's go running. And he'd be like, oh, I hate running. I hate running. I hate running. And then we finally, uh, he kind of flipped the switch and realized, hey, listen, this could be kind of fun. And then we tried trail running together. And we've been in several races now together, uh, have uh, commiserated and suffered uh, through a couple of them. And uh, we'll talk about one of the most recent ones here at the end of this podcast. But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun running the trails with Jeffrey. And so we're going to hopefully be able to translate some of that fun onto this podcast as well. And I left out a lot of that in my intro because I knew it was coming later on. So right. you know, I didn't want to get into that, some of that stuff, because it would just be repeats. So. Yeah. So let's get into it now, though, Jeff. Like, oh. tell us, tell us about the before and after the old Jeff and the new Jeff now, because they are two very different people. When yeah. we were roommates in college, there was one Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, the and old there was Jeff. another Jeff that I see in front of me as we record this podcast. 
Yeah, yeah. The old the old Jeff was an interesting guy. He, he was known for eating twenty four inch pizzas alone uh, with a two liter Coke, uh, or just holding up on someone's couch in university with showing up with two pizzas and, and, a, and a blanket for the weekend. <laughs> that's and that's what he did. And uh, and uh, that Jeff wasn't very healthy. And all uh, it started a long time ago. I lived in Ottawa for a while, and uh, I had said I was going to do a triathlon when I lived in Ottawa. And I had a mishap and broke my ankle, not while training. And we got pregnant with our first daughter and that just never happened. And so I just continued to gain weight a little bit every year and gain and gain and gain. And then about five years ago, you know, I kind of saw a picture of myself and I was having trouble tying my shoes. <laughs> I was scared to get on the, on the scale. And like you said, like I hated running with everything in me. Um, and uh, just could just was convinced that I could never do it. I couldn't do a 5k there's no chance that I could do anything more than that and uh and that was just I had convinced myself that I couldn't um and then I got to the point where clearly you know seeing a picture of myself with uh with one of my kids one time and and I was huge <laughs> I didn't have a neck and I was like man like I gotta make changes or I'm not gonna be around to walk my kids down the aisle like that was the the yeah, real realization that it came that came to so I, I uh, tried some crazy diets for a while, um, uh, the whole 30 and the, the keto diet, and a bunch of other stuff, and uh, lost a little bit of weight and joined the gym and just hit the elliptical regularly. And that's all I did. I just got on the elliptical. It was the only thing that didn't hurt. And I was convinced that it wasn't running. So yeah. <laughs> you fooled stuff. yourself to think that it wasn't running yet. Right? Could, uh, I could go to the gym, eat my breakfast, go to the gym. My wife would take care of all the kids in the morning. Um, and she, she didn't have any responsibilities on me at all. So she would take four kids and I would just say before church or before work, not church, sometimes before church. Uh, and then, uh, I would just watch TSN and get on the elliptical. And that was the extent that was, that was what I figured I would do for the rest of my life. But I got so bored, uh, that I had to do other things. And so I had uh, decided one day I was on YouTube and I watched a bunch of training montages about Ironman triathlon. And that's when I really started to, to get serious about training and doing different things. I decided I was going to do an Ironman. And, uh, and so I started running longer races uh, and eating a little bit better. Uh, lost over 100 pounds while like, doing that. That's, a, that's crazy, Jeff. Like 100 <laughs> pounds. Yeah. That's like a human being. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure how much I weighed at the top end of it. Because like I said, I was scared to get on the scale. But you know, four or five months into hitting the elliptical and, and eating real healthy for, you know, because that first four months or five, six months of eating healthy is fairly easy. gets harder as time goes by, I feel. But um, yeah, you know, I jumped on the scale and I was 325. So, you know, I clearly was probably in the 350, 360 range. Um, and, uh, and while I was training to do my Ironman, I got down to around 225. And so, you know, I had lost a, a bunch of weight. And so through that process, I did a 5k and a 10k and a half. Uh, we did a half marathon together, mm -hmm. a couple, and, and then I did a marathon. And then I trained for the 70.3, which I did in 2022 in uh, Mont-Tremblant uh, for the Ironman. And then uh, in between all of that, we started doing some trail running and, uh, and lifting weights. And so, yeah, I'm still you know, still struggling with, with, uh, my weight a little bit, you put a little on, you take a little off, you take a break and you, you know, it's so easy to put it on. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It's not to take fair. 
It's not fair at all. <laughs> and so, and, and I think it's challenging too because, like, we have busy family lives. So it's it's not like, like you have to get up like early in the morning every morning to get your your workout in. And I and thankfully we have supportive wives who create space for us to be able to do that. But like it, like everything is stacked against us when it comes to to losing weight, right? Like our age you know, our, 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 our schedules, our family life. Like it's, it's no wonder that that weight loss can be such a struggle for so many people. Yeah, it's true. And, and you know, it's kind of one of those things like you, you don't realize how much of an impact exercise has on your mental health until you start doing it. And you don't realize really how, you know, depressed you were or how hard yep. it was to, to be the size you were until you, until you're not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it's funny because you know that, and then you still venture back to your old self on a regular basis. Like I'm still that guy. I'll sit down and eat a you know, 12 inch pizza. And they'd be like, why did I do that? <laughs> so horrible. I can't sleep now. Like, right. you know, or stay up until two o'clock in the morning, playing video games and just eat and, and have a few beer. And, and then the next morning be like, Oh man, I got to get up at five 15 or five 30 and, you know, go for a run. So that I can get it in on a Saturday and not feel guilty about missing half the day. You know, I was doing the Ironman yeah. training. I had five hour bike rides. So you had to get up early on Saturday to get them done. Otherwise your wife would kill you when you got back at two o'clock in the afternoon and wanted to sleep all day. Cause you just, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so right, you just want to bomb yeah. on the couch after you're done yeah. that. Right. Yeah. So it's tough, you know, and, and you're right. Flexible job and flexible wife is really, uh, really probably the two, the two biggest things that helped me have success in that. So. Yeah, for sure. It was you who introduced to me the term Clydesdales, and that's from <laughs> that's from the Ironman world, right? Like it's for bigger runners. Is that what? Am I right in thinking that? Well, I saw it somewhere, and and I believe it was in in the Ironman world, the, the Clydesdale racers, and I, you know they made the they they made the example of you know what's the other type of horse called. Uh, arabia or oh yeah the arabian horses yeah arabian horses versus the clydesdales you know so you know we're the work guys that are out there you know when you have a time cap for half ironman for eight and a half hours like you're probably going to be out there for most of that you know the, yeah. the little guys are running it in four hours uh us, they put the time cap at eight and a half hours for us the clydesdales yeah 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 you know, so there, i saw a lot of posts where it said you know clydesdale for life and, and it was generally guys who lost a ton of weight yeah. And had basically gotten to the point where they said, you know, I'm probably always going to be 200 plus. I'm never going to be that, you know, 165 pound Ironman who's super fast. And maybe I don't have to be, maybe I can still be healthy as a bigger guy and, and have good cardiovascular strength and work hard and, and, and celebrate that. Right. And so that actually gave me a lot of, uh, of freedom in doing the Ironman because I thought I'd be the only big guy there. And yeah. then uh, as it turned out, I wasn't so, there was lots of lots of good things there so it was uh yeah so that's it yeah i'm a clydesdale runner and i always will be probably yeah that's a great story jeff and and i think that whole term clydesdale is one that that i identify with because like we're not elite runners by any stretch of the imagination and so i think that's a a fun perspective we can share uh when we when we talk in this podcast because like both of us, none of us are showing up with the tightest spandex to the races and we're not going to be the ones that, uh, you know, will be out in front and all that kind of stuff, but we do love uh, trail running and the community around it. And I think that's what, what endears me to it so much. 
For sure. I agree. You know, like I said, I did a bunch of those road races and I'm not going to slam anyone or give anyone a hard time, but the, the community and the trail running seems to be way more chill than that of the Ironman or like even the Fredericton Marathon. Everyone was super intense about it. And I try to qualify for Boston. I get it. I will never probably qualify for Boston until I'm 70 if I'm still running and the time goes way up. So, <laughs> that, maybe. so the trail running community seems way more chill, which I like. Yeah, and just the uh, the ability to get out in nature. And we'll talk about that in another episode at some point in time. But maybe what we could do is is break down what we're going to try and talk about uh, in each episode of the podcast, because we want to be able to cover a, a few different things. Um, first of all, we do want to talk about what it's like as Clydesdales running uh, trail runs, because it's it's a whole different kind of experience. Like like you've got, you know, what all you break it down to like gear and and whether like some some like running clothes just don't fit right. Um, and they just don't look good and all that kind of stuff, but also like shoes. We want to talk about shoes and gear and, and all that kind of stuff that comes with it, which is part of the reason why I love it so much is because it's, it's kind of fun to look at all that stuff. There's so many different options out there. Um, we're not sponsored yet, but we're willing to be sponsored. If anyone's interested in, uh, having their first gear review or whatever from us, we'd love to, we'd love to do that. Um, but there's, uh, but there's other parts we want to talk about too, right, Jeff? That's right. And, uh, we want to talk about stories of our daughters, fun stories, maybe some serious stories, how to, you know, how to get kids into running, which we've both, neither of us have really been, had a lot of success with Brandon, you've had some with, with one of your daughters with Ellie, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we want to, we want to incorporate our families into this and, and encourage people who have big and small families because raising kids isn't easy right so if we can help there we will yeah and and just to be able to talk about you know the the role that being a family man has in our running too like that's a huge that's a huge deal and so also being located on the east coast uh we do want to talk about the local trail running scene it's something that we're both interested in um, it's something that we want to keep an eye on and that we experience as well uh, as we try and sign up for for races and what that looks like. So we want to spend some time uh, talking to people in the trail running scene because Atlanta, Canada has some amazing trail runners and so who are who are world class. And so we're hoping to get a few of them uh, to share some time with us on the podcast as well. And uh, so we'll we'll tip our hats to them when uh, when they come on. And then finally we just want to share some of our own stories. And so we've got we're we're going to kind of finish off today's episode by doing that. And uh it's it's kind of an interesting story. One of the uh, very first trail runs that I ever did was the Rompin Rockwood. And the Rompin Rockwood Ultra takes place in probably one of the most unique settings uh for any kind of trail race. So Rockwood Park is located in St. John, New Brunswick, within the city of St. John, New Brunswick. So it's basically Atlanta, Canada's Central Park. In fact, it's bigger than Central Park. Um, but with all throughout Rockwood Park are all these unique bike trails and running trails uh, that really make it like a, a super technical course, but also like a lot of different places to explore. I mean, you could spend 
forever in there and not see the same trail twice. And so we, so Jeff and I both signed up for the 25 K, which is my farthest distance to date. Jeff is beyond that. But for me, it was like, this was a challenge just to be able to finish the course um, because it's just been the biggest distance, but uh, it's also, you know, it was such a great day for it. Like we had a, we, we just ran it, what, two weekends ago, a weekend ago. And uh, it was so well organized and it was well put together um, because you can get lost in there. Like it is a bit of a maze, but they had it well marked and, and all set up. And so getting into it was just such a great, a great start. Like we were pumped to go, not really knowing exactly what we were getting into. I had more of a taste than you did, Jeff, because I'd done the, the 10 K. But you had quite the experience. Uh, We ran, we ran our own races. So Jeff, Jeff kind of like lights the lights to burn out hot. He likes to <laughs> jump right off the starting line and Not go that I'm ever really fast. But for me, it's fast, right? Yeah, that's like, right. So relatively speaking, relative, uh, Jeff likes to take off. I <laughs> so, tend to have so very little throttle. I think Jeff, we control. ran that we ran the course uh, together for maybe three minutes, <laughs> and then and then you were gone. I was gone, which which turned out to be a very bad thing. <laughs> but yeah, so tell was, us about your race jeff let's hear it let's hear it yeah yeah you know, i'll say first it was funny i had a whole uh day of emotions that ranged from watching the 50kers set off and looking at brandon and be like man i could handle that pace i could yeah. do 50 <laughs> and i had no idea what i was getting into none now didn't know what to expect uh was clearly not trained for that style of trail running. I had ran like three times out at the Woolstock park here in Fairton. The rest of my running had been on the treadmill all winter. And, uh, and, and I find it hard to get off the treadmill once I get used to it. Cause running on the road is so difficult for a Clydesdale. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> once, you, once your feet are moving for you and then you have to move them on your own. It's, it just comes difficult. And Go so, figure. Once I get, right. Once I get a full winter of, of, uh, treadmill running in uh i find it difficult to back on the road anyway i should have gotten out on the road in the trail a lot more because i did not know what was coming for me at the rockwood park race and i had been to rockwood park before i've been to lily lake and uh i walked over to the uh the zoo once but i had never experienced the trails i don't think i've ever experienced the trails and i certainly had never experienced trails like that so i went from thinking this isn't going to be too bad at the first part of the race and headed out kind of hot and uh not long into the race, I came up behind two ladies who I thought, geez, these girls really look like they know what they're doing and uh, they're pacing it well and they're walking the uphills like they're supposed to. And I'm still not at this point. I'm, I'm still running the uphills, <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to run the uphills. And I had set a goal in my garment, which was a bad idea. And I was like, I'm going to get that goal. And it was way too aggressive. And uh, anyway, and so I blew past them and I was convinced that that was going to be the last time I saw them all day. And, uh, <laughs> and it was not, uh, I ran past the aid station the first time because I thought oh, I'll be coming right back around to that aid station. And just a few kilometers, what's eight kilometers, not a big deal. Right. I still have some water on the front of my pack. I definitely should have stopped both times at the aid station and I did not. And when I did stop at the aid station, I uh, I was joking around a little bit, uh, trying to get some electrolytes because I was in real bad shape. But I figured if I just, you know, pretended like I wasn't, everything would be okay. And I made a comment <laughs> to the guy that was sitting there. <laughs> and I said, uh, I felt like I was running the footpath, which I had hiked a few times. And he said, uh, 
yeah, you should try that. And I said, well, they don't have a race there anymore. And he said, yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> so as he was, he was kind of saying, this is nothing like the footpath again. Yeah. And he's yeah. right. But at the same time, like, you know, I thought the worst of the race had been over because I had done that second eight kilometers and uh, it was pretty brutal, pretty technical and up and down and whatever. And, uh, and as I left the aid station, another older fellow uh, came with me. And as he passed, he said, uh, he said, I just want you to know I felt bad. No one told you that the worst is yet to come. And I thought he was joking. I was like, this guy's just trying to get me, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, not long after he passed me, I was starting to slow down pretty good. Those girls that I passed, uh, passed me again, just trotting along, like, you know, like they hadn't even ran races. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> the worst. Looked like, right. They looked like they definitely had not run around 16 kilometers. Yeah. And, uh, and one of them looked at me and said, Hey, you're doing great. You're almost done. It. It's, it's not too bad from here on out. And, uh, and she lied to me, like <laughs> bold face lied to me. <laughs> it got way worse. Uh, and so all that to say by the end of the last five kilometers, like I was, I was pretty well done. Uh, I was not ready for that big mountain to climb. Uh, there was some language used during that mountain that was not appropriate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then at the end of it, you know, I still had a great day. It was super well organized. I didn't get lost once. I found the flags uh, were well placed and in good spots. And I had a lot of fun. Uh, but man, was I tired and sore by the end of that. And I was not ready for what Rockward was threw at me that day. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I say they lied to me, but they were just trying to help the guy out who was clearly in pain, but still tried to run. Right. <laughs> so, so once I saw you take off, I like, I don't know about you, but when I do a race, I always say to myself, I'm like, okay, just start slow. Like, don't, don't run off. I say this to myself every single race, but every single race I get caught up in the pack and like your adrenaline's pumping, your machismo starts to leak out and your ego gets in the way. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, I can, I can run with these guys. I can run with these yeah. guys. And so you're, you're trying to keep up. And I was like, I, my heart rate was like 180 by the time I was like at the first three minutes into it, I was like, holy smokes, I got to slow down. And so I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop for a second. Let my heart rate chill out a little bit and, and then just go. But they talk about like, when you read some of the books by the, the big ultra runner guys, you know, like Jurek and, and all those guys, you start to hear like the range of emotions that you experience over the time frame. And like, of course, like 25K compared to what those guys run is is nothing. But for me, like I, I have never experienced that range of emotion in my entire life. So from the beginning, I was like, this is great. I'm on top of the world. Like 10K in, I'm like, okay, well, this is great. I feel good. I'm almost like, I'm, I'm getting closer. And then... By the time like my like kilometer 17 kicks in, I'm like, uh, how do I get out of this? Like, how can I escape what I have put myself into right now? Like, if I called 911, would they send someone to come get me in the middle of the woods <laughs> right now? Like, that's that's that had crossed my mind while I'm running this race. And then I like, ask you, no, was it? Was it at the top of that hill where you're overlooking the train yard and you're thinking, I could see the highway. And if right? I just here, I just flag someone down. My wife will send someone for me. Right. She needs me five kids, right? Like she'll send someone, but yeah. I can just sit here. And someone will yeah. come get me. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And like you had said, like, I think it's probably with four kilometers left, we come to this literal rock face. That's got to be, <laughs> it had to be like, a, I don't know. I'm not good with numbers, but it's got to be like, 20 meters or like 
tall. Like oh, it was huge. Straight up. And it was like a little goat path that you had to like literally walk, like crawl up to get through. And then it had like another extension beyond that, which is just like running up a hill. And by the time I was done that, I was like, I think I might just sit down. Like I sat down for a second. I was like, I don't know if I can get back up again. Yeah, but when and, I came up to that uh, rock face, I actually turned around and went back out onto the road because it was one of those that you were on the, the road for a bit there before you got to the rock face. Yeah, back out onto yeah. the road, it went the wrong way because I was like, there's no way they want us to climb that. <laughs> you Versus couldn't believe it. Don't go, don't go this way. So you had to turn around. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I went in and started looking for the flags and I saw one up on the top. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, can't be right and i looked around for at least 40 seconds before i convinced myself that yes someone is sadistic enough to think that at you know 17 or 20 kilometers into this race that this is the route that we need to take oh man and so by the time like but then like as you get closer to the end you're like okay i've made it this far like i can keep going and then you start to almost feel like all right i can i can kind of shuffle my feet a little bit to keep moving and your hips, everything's starting to hurt. I took a tumble, so I was sore from the beginning. Like it was hard. I ripped my shoes. It was just like a rough race for for a <laughs> chunk of it for me. And uh, but then you get to the end, you're like, okay, that was great. But then you said something that that I was like, I totally identify with, and it was about you know if someone put a million dollars at the finish line and said you go do it again for the fifty kilometer route. Like we wouldn't be able to do that. Like we couldn't, there was no way we could pick up that no. money and go. No, there was no physical way I could have done it again. And it's funny because I did the Fredericton marathon and it's mostly flat and it's crazy what those Hills do to you. Right. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, you get that email before and it's like, this will cause this, this route will cause everyone to dig deep. And I was like, Oh, he's just being funny. He's a funny <laughs> <guy."> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and then you, you see, you know, you look at the elevation on Strava and you're like, oh, that's not that bad. You know, I think there's something wrong with that calculation. Someone's garment. <laughs> yeah. is um, but anyway, so, at the you know, but I did the Ferriton Marathon and I did a half Ironman in Mont Tremblant, which, you know, was pretty flat other than the biking. But I'm, I'm a pretty good biker. Actually, I've, I've been a biker since I was a kid and I've always been pretty good at it. Um, and I was I was more sore after the 25 kilometers in Rockwood Park than I was for either of those races at the end yeah. and, and my yeah. recovery took longer. And so clearly there's something about running on a uneven trail in those mountains or those Hills that are like anywhere in a trail run that's different than running on the road. And I also never experienced those like emotions of like despair either. And I, you know, <laughs> so true. A marathon's twice the distance. Right. But yet it took me almost the same amount of time to run both. And Clearly, the Rockwood run was as hard, harder than the marathon, in my opinion, even though it was half the distance. So it's yeah. crazy, which yeah. is fun. I, I like that challenge of it now that I've done it, a few of them. And that's part of it. I mean, it really is part of the run. And uh, like the idea of challenging yourself, that's why we just like you and I are both kind of like goal setters, very much like what's the next hill to climb, you know, and like figuratively and literally. And, you know, so, so 25 K was a good challenge for me. Um, but I think I'm going to have to like really start training in a different level to get beyond 25 K on a trail run, because like that really felt like it was the max um, for me. So I, I need to figure out what that looks like with family and how, cause it's going to take a lot more time on your feet to, to kind of get that 
training in to do really well. So that'll be the next part of figuring out the next challenge and, and figure out where to, to go from there. But the, for me, the highlight for me was waiting, was getting to the end and having my kids waiting for me. Unfortunately, your kids were sick. And so they weren't able to be there at the finish line for you. Uh, but it was so, it was like so rewarding to have some of my kids cheering me on. Uh, it kind of made it all worthwhile. And so that, that was kind of the, the big highlight for me, even though, uh, <laughs> I was so, I was kind of incoherent there for a few minutes after I got to the finish line, but it yeah, was I do feel like I should have eaten more pizza. Yeah, that's right. We missed out on the post, the post-race yeah. snacks because I was so nauseous from, from, right. uh, from all the running. So I never got to enjoy it as much, but I had the, uh, the perfect Clydesdale snack for us. And we each had one piece of pizza and nearly threw up. Yeah. I didn't even finish. I think I took two bites of mine and I gave it to my kids. Cause I was like, I can't even, yeah. I can't even stomach this right now. I just felt so nauseous, yeah. but anyway, it's a live and learn <laughs> kind of situation, but great race. I mean, we don't make it sound like it was a great race, but it really was a great, great trail run. And it, I highly recommend it. Um, they have a 10K route, they have a 25K route, and then they have a 50K route. And uh, it was packed. So many great runners there. And so I think it'll be uh, a, hit, a hit for the years to come. And we'll have to sign up for the next one. Well, uh, I mean, you know, realistically, we can't review the same distance on our first <laughs> podcast next year for the first race of the series so like, Jeffrey, we have to do the 50k don't commit yourself to something you're not ready to do yet i no, mean we have to man. like we can't redo this episode next year as our first episode of the year so it's true I'll, it's true at least one of us has to do the 50. all right i yeah all right we'll try and make it we'll try and do it so we'll we'll work our way up to 50k oh that gives me nightmares <laughs> just thinking about it oh uh, but anyway uh, so anyways, thanks so much, everyone. That's it for this week and uh, our first uh, ever podcast. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> share with your friends. Isn't that what you're supposed to say at the end of a podcast, yeah, Jeff? Smash that like button. That's right. <laughs> Smash that like button. Uh, and you'll be able to hear uh, our podcast uh, tentatively called Chasing Trails and Ponytails uh podcast uh hopefully once a week as we get things going um but uh we can't wait to to share some more stories with you so until next time uh thanks for listening and we'll see you on the trail thanks guys